listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Welcome back. We are here. It is a Monday. And I know we've been away a little while, wacky stuff. What I want to do this time, and I said that I was going to do this before, and we're actually going to do it on this show at the end, very end. So if you just want the cruising cast and you want to hear the business as usual stuff, you can do that. But I got a couple of emails uh, asking me where I was and what I was doing. I, they, they heard me talk about the, am I coming, am I going, am I moving to New York, am I staying, am I moving to West Palm, what is this thing I do in West Palm when I drive down there. So I have a couple of uh, requests for that, information on that, and you could listen to that at the end of the show. I will keep it going. If you have no desire to or if you think it starts getting a little long-winded, uh, you can turn it off. But I will uh, start the cruise podcast first and at the top of the show. As usual, we're going to ask you, please follow me on Instagram. It's always be booked. Uh, also, if you don't mind, uh, Facebook group, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. It is a closed group but open to all of you. All you have to do is click join and I will automatically approve you just for being a listener. Also, uh, we started the segment, emails. I need the emails, guys. I'm soliciting emails. We're uh, trying to read as much as possible. Almost all of them are getting on the show. It's Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Any questions, any comments, any concerns, any suggestions that you have, uh, please don't hesitate. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We really rely on those emails to continue to make them part of the show and uh, to answer questions. You know what I mean? There's, there are no dumb questions. Well, there's a couple. That's actually crazy. Huh? There are a couple of dumb questions. Whoever said there's no dumb questions, uh, or the only that's what they say, the only dumb questions are the ones you don't ask. No, some, some questions you shouldn't ask. But as it pertains to cruising, ask away, fire away, suggest I when I say something wrong, when I, you have to correct me or add, add a spin to something that I said that you may disagree with, Absolutely, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or just bring it up in the Cruisers Lounge, the Facebook group, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. And if you, I'm still asking you guys, if you don't mind, give me a review on iTunes, subscribe, and please share the podcast with a friend. All right, like I said, I am going to, at the end of the show, give you guys a little bit of a full recap, you know, on how I ended up here, you know, how I ended up in Orlando, the whole kind of start to finish of of what's going on and you know like i said if it's interesting to you listen if not turn the damn thing off and wait for the next show all right the main topic for this show we're not getting into that now but just to kind of intro it is my visit aboard carnival conquest and it was a ship visit that's open to travel agents and it was a really really cool experience a hell of a lot cooler than i thought it would be and i detail this and the only issue is is that i do it on an iphone on my drive back. So uh, the audio quality isn't the same as you're hearing right now. But again, like I said, don't let that bother you. Listen to it anyway. Audio quality is like, you know, you hear the contrast. I, I listen to podcasts too. And, you know, it's annoying when there's a guest that's over the phone versus whether in, whether in studio or when, you know, some some podcasters do that. They take the phone on the road. And for the first 10 seconds, you're like, ah, oh, crappy audio. But my experience has been, 
is that it's just in contrast to what you're listening to right now. The minute 10 seconds goes by, 15 seconds go by, the other good quality audio is out of your system and you don't even realize that it was ever there. And you make the uh, audible adjustment to the new audio, which is clearly less quality. But ideally, for this particular episode, is good content. Hope, hoping you are. Uh, Hoping you guys enjoy that. Um, are you guys into this Mayweather-McGregor thing at all? I got to tell you, man, I am hard-pressed to find anybody that's as into it as I am. I can't get enough, guys. Ever since this thing was announced, it's like, yeah, I know all the criticisms criticisms of it. Boxing purists, general public who aren't that into boxing. People are saying this is a money grab. It's a joke. It's like it, 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 I saw... Dave Chappelle made a funny comment. He says, I'm not really into the fight because it's got as much unpredictability as a Harlem Globetrotters game. And that's true. You know, you may want to say that Mayweather is supposed to completely dominate this fight. And that is true. And that might be what happens. However, there are intangibles. When you start adding up the intangibles, first of all, fighting is a mental game. And Colin... Conor McGregor is completely unwavering from a mental standpoint. He's probably going to come into the fight about 20, 25 pounds heavier than Mayweather. And he's about 12 years younger. And he's more durable. And he's going to be ferocious. And there is a mental advantage there just knowing that if Conor McGregor snaps, he could probably kill uh, Mayweather at any time. So I don't think it's going to be enough. I do think Mayweather probably will dominate and win. I'm actually betting on it. But who still doesn't want to see that happen? How do you not want to see that happen? Okay, whether or not it's worth $100 for pay-per-view to use for you to see that or not, for me it is, no doubt. But because I'm really into it. Or if you're not into it that much, you can go to a bar, pay a small cover charge and make your way into a Buffalo Wild Wings or something. Have a wing and enjoy the fight. I'm completely taken in by the whole soap opera of it. Paulina Malinaji, the two-time world champion boxer, went in to spar with Conor McGregor. I thought that right there was just going to be demoralizing for Conor McGregor because this is a two-time world boxing champion. Apparently, if you believe what you hear, Conor McGregor taught him a lesson. So that just adds a little bit more bite to it. And yes, all right, so what are they saying? Maybe that's just kind of a narrative that's designed to sell the fight a little bit more. I don't care. Call me what you want. I'm all in. I think something crazy might happen or maybe not. Either way, I love boxing. I love combat sports, and I'm going to enjoy the living shit out of this. What do you want to call it? You want to call it a spectacle? Fine, call it a spectacle. I'm going to enjoy it. All right, let's get into the show. It is now time for a little bit of cruise news. All right, so it is Monday night, and I, if I were a betting man, which I am, but if I, if you could place odds on this, I would bet that you guys are pretty up to your neck in eclipse news and pictures on social media and stuff like that no denying it is cool the people who get up there and poo poo it and are like oh you know big deal clips well, what are we all worried no it is a cool thing but at the same time yeah you have your fill it does when it dominates every screen you look at for an entire eight hour stretch it gets a little annoying a little monotonous we get it it happened it's over and done with but uh as far as the eclipse goes leading the way from at least a big three standpoint was 
Royal Caribbean. Seems like they did a pretty good job of doing their best to try to capitalize on this, I guess, astronomic event as much as possible you saw things like you know they they were rerouting ships as much as possible to get certain ships in as much of a line with the eclipse as possible uh you saw uh you know they they were laying glasses eclipse glasses on the bed with the towel animals and that's a real nice touch that was really cool but not to be outdone at all was the oasis of the seas and what they did was actually, and believe this or not, they had, what's her name, Bonnie Tyler, come onto the ship and perform her song, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Can you imagine that? This woman, <laughs> you know, huge hit. But if she used the word eclipse in the song, you want to talk right place, right time, and just kind of like capitalization off of whatever. You know, she had this song. It was a huge hit because she had the word eclipse in the song. This song is not about astronomy. This song is not about the stars and the sun or anything like that. This song is about love and relationships and a girl uh, getting dumped or, or, or mistreated or played, if you will, by a guy. And uh, because it has the word totally clips in it, it's now she gets to kind of go on a little mini tour here. And Royal Caribbean had her on the ship and she performed the song during the day in front of the whole crowd. It was kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie. You know, back in the day, yeah, she did have a little bit of the sexy kind of raspy voice, but now it's at the point where I think maybe she really, and she was kind of doing, you know, when they really get into it, they scream and they forget, you know, they get, they, they sell it too much. And I mean, there were times on this, I heard, if you don't know if you heard the performance or not, it sounded way more like ACDC singing than uh you know an 80s female uh pop star but either way god bless bonnie tyler she did her best she went out there it was fun like i said it had a little bit of an awkward feel to it everybody was kind of trying to make this like it was like they made it seem like wow like you know when you place certain things like when uh uh, an, an event happens like oh like let's perfect example here is prince coming out and singing party like it's 1999 that's a perfect example of you know you rewake that song up you rewake the artist up if he's not as hot as he used to be and that's magical right there because he sang about this particular day but to kind of dust donnie pile uh, donnie tyler off bonnie sorry bonnie tyler off and just because she had said the word in the song it was like you know, she's like the master of eclipses. Oh, but she's here. Like, how bad are we going to fake, like, the emotion of this, that this is actually significant? That I'm kind of shitting all over this thing, aren't I? And you guys know I'm a little cynical, but it is what it is, man. It really was kind of a little bit of a stretch for me that this was that significant. And maybe it's one of those things that look good on paper. But then once she came out there, and clearly she hasn't been on tour, and clearly she's not at her fighting weight, and clearly... The pipes aren't what they used to be. But either way, it was a cool little moment. And you took your snap and you took your pictures and you posted it if you were there. And I guess it was a kind of cool moment to be a part of. But again, maybe a little bit of a stretch. All right. Let's get into the details and the news here right now. Have you guys ever heard of Shay Mitchell? She is an actress and she was in a show called Pretty Little Liars. And she also had an appearance, a couple of appearances, or I don't even know, maybe she had a long stretch on the show Glee. Uh, she's also known to be a world traveler, an adventure seeker as well, and Royal Caribbean recently hired her as their at, a, at their new position that they're calling brand adventurist. Yes, brand adventurist. She will tell stories, she'll go on documented journeys and design a series of destination experiences for the ultimate Caribbean cruise. So, uh, 
I guess it's specifically the Caribbean because it says Caribbean, but I don't know if they're going to put her in Alaska or maybe put her in the Mediterranean at all. But for right now, it is the Caribbean. It says she's going to take a cruise this month. And there, she'll get the lay of the land as far as the brand and cruising experience in general goes. And she'll use that experience to begin developing the adventure that she desires to kind of put in play. And uh, that, that, that adventure and those adventures are going to be released this fall. We have a quote from Shay. And uh, she says, I've always had a love for travel. And I'm fortunate enough to have been able to explore some of the most amazing places around the world. Learning quickly that the journey is just as important as the destination. Uh, she also goes on to say, I'm thrilled to take what I have learned from my own travels and dive in with Royal Caribbean to develop the ultimate Caribbean adventure for travelers like me who are always seeking something new and craving deeper connections to the destinations they visit. So uh, what is uh, Shay's street cred? When it comes to travel, you ask. She has over 17 million followers on a social me- on her social media pages. She takes them all on all sorts of adventures like hot air ballooning over Morocco and skydiving in Dubai as well. I don't know how she tops that. I heard she might zip line on the Oasis while eating a burrito from Sabor. That would be pretty adventurous. And I would say that eating the Sabor burrito is more risky than uh, the zip line itself. Trying to be funny, not really working, but you know, we're plugging forward. We will have to wait and see, but damn, I'll tell you what, she is easy on the eyes. Have you seen a picture of her? Check her out. Do a uh, image search on Shay Mitchell. There's a cool little press photo of her kind of staring off into the, uh, you know, thousand yard stare into the world, you know, because she is the world traveler. And uh, she is your new brand adventurist for Royal Caribbean. So, congratulations to Shay and good luck. Alright, so because of high demand, Carnival Cruise Lines has added five more sailings to Cuba from Tampa in 2018. There will be three three-day sailings, a six-day sailing, and an eight-day sailing as well. All of them have a full-day itinerary in Havana and an overnight in Havana as well. Again, that is somewhat terrifying for me because if you give me rum and allow me to run rampant through Cuba overnight, I can guarantee not a lot of good would come out of that and... uh you know, several, several outcomes are definitely in play, none of which are uh, probably end up being ideal. But I tell you what, it would probably be a hell of a lot of fun. Carnival is de- uh, deploying the Paradise, which is from the fantasy class for these sailings. And uh, that's very appropriate because with all the automobiles from the 50s and 60s that you encounter when you're in Cuba and that are still in everyday use down there, Carnival wanted to symbolically give, I guess, a cruise ship that would be just as old, but in way worse condition. This announcement was made this week, and it was as a result of the popularity of the other nine cruises to Cuba, and they were announced earlier this year. Man, Royal Caribbean, they must take their mantra from P. Diddy and Bad Boy Records from back in the 90s because they simply can't stop, won't stop. Uh, They just began construction on their next ship called the Spectrum of the Seas. This is a new class of ships that right now they're calling a Quantum Ultra class ship and there aren't a ton of details about it but they are saying it will home port in the china asia pacific region region and it will be another giant leap forward in vessel design and the guest experience as well Uh, it's going to provide travelers with ample opportunities to create unforgettable memories as they always do Uh, she's set to debut in 2019 And it's said to be the next generation in Royal Caribbean's trademark commitment to taking the technology to a whole new level. I wonder uh, if they'll be bigger. That's eventually going to have to hit a bubble, right? 
How big are they going to get, these cruise ships? Uh, we're not eventually going to be sailing with 20,000 people in 10 years, are we? Who knows? All right, that is the news. Let's get into the main topic for the show. Vibes and weeds too easy. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, if you're hearing some a little bit of a different audio setup here, you're hearing some background noise. That is because I am on the road, uh, headed back from my day today, which is going to be the topic of the show, which is the uh, Carnival Conquest ship visit that I was able to enjoy. Uh, went in last night, just kind of figured I'd get a head start because I had to be on the ship at eleven. It's about three and a half hours from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. So I wanted to make sure that I got a little bit of a night's rest the night before. So I just popped in, grabbed a quick little room, and uh, figured I'd be fresh early in the morning. But I don't know. Didn't get the best night's sleep. I don't know if I was excited about the visit or I just... And what really happened is I, I, I woke up early. I just woke up early at like 6 a.m. and couldn't fall back asleep. So that's what happened there. But, all right, so I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of, uh, I guess, the, the moment by moment, play by play of what I experienced. So uh, if, uh, if you don't remember, uh, I told you guys that I was doing a ship visit a few, uh, I guess, I don't know, what was it, a few weeks ago. I just decided to look into ship visits and seeing if that was actual actually a possibility and I realized that it was just um, simply a matter of signing up and if they are available because sometimes they're not they do uh, you know they do reserve up quick they book quickly if you're not on it and there was actually one in Port Canaveral that I would love to have jumped on but it was not available because uh, I guess I was a little late on that one. So this one was available. I did take it, and uh, I was kind of pumped. I was curious. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Or you guys know I do. I host a cruise podcast, guys. So you guys know I'm obsessed with cruising. You guys know I love everything about cruising. And for whatever reason, they're gonna they're gonna allow me to be on a cruise ship. I could board a cruise ship for free. So that was an opportunity for me that I wasn't going to pass up. Now, my expectations of what this was going to be like was a little different from what it was. And I say that in a very positive light. I was under the impression, so this was a four-hour thing. So you were going to be able to get on the ship and I guess, uh, you know, there was I, I was what I was expecting was a lot more structure around it. I was thinking that you get on the ship and you get some handouts. They take you in a room, you know. And it always it said luncheon from the beginning, and I'm thinking, oh, they're giving you lunch too. That is a working lunch, definitely. So I was under the impression that I would have to uh, pretty much, I guess what, like you know, you get on the ship, you'd be led somewhere, you'd sit down. Because also that was the other thing in the pre-cruise documents, the pre ship inspection they call it inspection which is weird weird because you're like walking around yes i'm here for the ship inspection oh you're inspecting like not everybody knows the verbiage so everybody that you come up to they're like oh what are you inspecting it's really a ship visit so but in the pre-ship uh the pre-ship inspection paperwork they gave you they said okay be prompt have your id uh dress in business casual which is just flat out weird and they also said uh you know um Make sure you have your documentation and please stay with the group was what they said very, very clearly. So I'm like, all right, this is still going to be cool. They'll walk around. It'll be a guided tour. I wonder if it'll be annoying. I wonder if they'll put us in a classroom situation at all because the idea ultimately is, like we said, this is all travel agents and what they're trying to do is uh, basically be an ambassador and trying to get travel agents 
to uh, promote their brand. So that's what it was. In my mind, that's what it was going to be. But it really wasn't necessarily like that at all. So just starting from the beginning, it was very, very simple to board. You're walking on. It feels just feels weird. First of all, you feel weird because you just see people getting on a cruise ship with a bunch of luggage, families. You just It's just a look. It's like Christmas morning. People are getting on a cruise ship, and that's just amazing. I mean, come on. What is better than that? But you're walking up to the cruise port, the, the, the terminal, and you have no luggage. And you're just getting on. People are like, oh, where's your luggage? It's, I'm just here for the uh, ship inspection. So, embarkation was very, very smooth. You're pretty much going right through the, you know, very, very easy. And it's weird because you're getting on the ship. You're not. You're in a group, and they take you in a room and they give you instructions on, you know, following them. But once you're kind of out of the room where they give you the, I don't even know really know what the point is of getting everybody together was because really it wasn't like a thing where you had to stay with them getting on the ship. So. Me getting on the ship, I'm going up the escalator, you're walking right past the area where they're taking pictures, and instead of giving them your sign and sale card when you're about to board, you give them this little lanyard that they give you. It's like a little card attached to a clip that you put on your shirt, and uh, they, they just put you on the ship, and it's just like you're embarking just as if anybody else would be embarking that was getting on the ship about to take a seven-day vacation. So we do that, and I'm just walking through the, uh, the, you know, the gangway and everything, and I'm just like... You you get those chills and you get those, you know, <laughs> I'm getting on a cruise ship right now. I took a little picture of, you know, because I always, a little tradition, I take a picture of my feet the minute I step on that cruise ship because that's symbolic to me. The minute you're on that ship, that's it. Nobody can get to you. <laughs> your, your responsibilities in the real world are gone. So this wasn't quite the same, clearly, obviously, but I uh, still took that picture anyway. And then we're led into the main lobby and you guys all know you're familiar with what it's like to step on the ship and you get that first cruise ship smell you get you smell the sea you smell the inside of the ship and you're in that you know <laughs> gaudy that gaudy uh, carnival main lobby there's a DJ going on and there's people ordering drinks and there's people directing you and they don't know who you are I have a name badge that I stick to my chest because you have to have the name badge and I have the lanyard so that's the way that you identify oh and of course the way you're dressed because I'm wearing a button down uh, gray slacks and shoes for some reason they ask you to wear that so now you're waiting around and you're waiting around for some instruction because they say you're trying to follow instructions stay with the group and that's what we're doing so we're all sitting there about 10 minutes goes by and I'm not bored I'm just taking in the sights I'm taking in the feeling of just being on a cruise ship and then of course the uh, person whoever it was I don't know if they were carnival I don't know who they were with but uh, they were this is the ringleader so they're going to tell you alright they make an announcement they bring everybody in alright everybody with the ship visit and it's about 120 people and very, very casually, they say to you, we're going to go look at a couple of rooms. You can either come with us or do your own thing. And if you want, there's the luncheon, and that's at 1 o'clock. If you want to be a part of that, go to the uh, Monet dining room at 1 o'clock, and you can enjoy the luncheon. Other than that, have at it. I was like, are you serious right now? You're just gonna set us set us free on this cruise ship. So I got I, I really like I said I really just thought it was gonna be more of like a guided type of scenario, but it wasn't. So now you're just free to run and and, and run rampant throughout the cruise ship, and truly you don't have a sign in sale card, so you can't order drinks from the bar. But other than that, in every way, shape, or form, 
you're just on the cruise. You're just, well, what, you want to go in the pool? You go in the pool. You want to grab a guy's burger or a four? You do that. You want to load up a tray full of buffet and overstuff? You can do that. You want to go to the aft? You want to go to the dining room? You want to go to the wherever? You want to take pictures? Whatever you want to do that doesn't require you taking out your sign and sale card, you have full access to do on the cruise ship. And I thought that was I mean, oh, that was that was great. Now, I didn't know that at first because I know we had the luncheon coming up. So I was trying to be polite. I know, right? Like me, trying to be polite. It was crazy. So I, I go up immediately to the Lido deck, which is deck nine. Now, the Carnival Conquest. We're talking about this ship. And this ship is, you know, you may... It may ring a bell if you guys weren't on it, but when I reviewed, I didn't review it, but when I mentioned that book that I listened to, the audio book I listened to, Cruise Confidential, that was the actual cruise ship that uh, the author was stationed on for his first contract. And what was amazing to me is that at the time, it was, it was a 2003 or whatever, that was the biggest and baddest cruise ship in the world, pretty much. That was the monster. And yeah. It was part of that class where, um, you know, it was a very celebrated ship when it came out. And what else was in that class? I don't remember offhand, but I know the Destiny at the time, which is now the Sunshine. And these are big ships. These are heavily uh, capacity ships. So it was. It, it was impressive. There was a lot of deck space, and it did. So going up to the Lido deck, first impressions. Uh, I can tell you that they do have that stadium-style seating where there's tiers. And I didn't love it on the sunshine, but it is functional, and I do see what, what, what the purpose is. And there's hot tubs all over the place. There's, you know, the pools, I'll say the pools are, really could probably use an overhauling. The water looked kind of like murky, and I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's just the condition of the floor and the condition of the wear and tear that's in the bottom of the pool. You saw some, I guess, rips and whatever it is down there, the lining, or if it's not, I don't know what it is. Is it lining or is it just cement? But there were some chips in it at the bottom. It didn't look too pretty. The pools did not look like pristine and new and lovely like you might see on some of the newer ships. And that was one of my first impressions. The first thing I did was climb the risers and go all the way as high as I possibly could. And at the highest point at, I guess, opposite the, uh, I guess, the dive-in theater is what they call it, is a water slide, a big, huge water slide. And then there's just an employee that's just sitting up there. And speaking of the uh, Cruise Conf Confidential book, it's true. If somebody sent it in an email to me, you do. You don't look at the crew the same way because there's a lot of people on that ship. And I'm sure, again, a lot of it is with a grain of salt. And I'm sure there's some straight-laced people that just do their thing. They do their job. They, but you can tell. And being part of that beast, you could tell some of the devils that were on that ship. And you could see the bags under their eyes and they're usually younger people you know maybe on the more attractive end and you could tell that they're just kind of faking their way through the smiling and you could tell that they're kind of just like oh hi welcome welcome yes welcome to the ship going through the motions kind of directing you you know that they <laughs> slept for three hours and you they 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 are they, 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 they were smashed three hours ago in the crew bar on the crew open deck or wherever they were you know you can see it just by hearing about it you know you might be wrong about a couple of them but again doing what I do for a living too you kind of it kind of gives you a little bit of a window to be able to kind of identify that and that's exactly the case you could tell some of the people but it was fun so I get to the top and I'm looking over I got a couple of good pictures 
of the very from the very very top bird's eye view of the whole Lido deck and this is the portion where there's it's like still very early it's like a quarter after 11 uh, or maybe like a little maybe 11:30, and there's still not a lot of people around there's a lot of people that are just like kind of getting on the ship and things looked very very empty so I'm walking around but you walk around that Lido deck and you're in your business casual and uh, it's freaking hot so I came down from there and uh, cool enough on the conquest good to know that they did do a lot of the 2.0 upgrades uh, there was the red frog rum bar on the Lido deck as well as the uh, blue iguana tequila bar as well just the bars that were like on either side of the main deck and then you walk back towards before at the mouth of the buffet restaurant they also did have the blue iguana cantina uh, which is the burrito and taco joint and all that stuff and then on the other side they had uh, the very very well known and widely renowned guys burger joint as well so I walked past those took a couple of pictures walked into the Lido deck and then made my way all the way through now I'm looking all this, at all this food and I'm thinking at this time I'm not supposed to touch any of it and I really wasn't I was like it's fine I'm just happy to be on the ship I don't need but I didn't know I mean I could have so continued out past to the aft part of the ship which is you know the my favorite part of the ship and I did that I checked it out and I will tell you it's a unique this class of ship ships has a unique aft pool what it is is uh it's outside yes but it's enclosed you know what I mean so there's walls around and I think what there is is a very uh sort of low retractable roof and just like any other aft on carnival it did have it did open up to the back deck but there was windows and then there was kind of walls that circumferenced the uh aft the aft deck and they also had the deli oh no i'm sorry the pizza place on one side of it and it was like the 24-hour pizza joint that you know about that carnival is famous for and then on the other side of that the all-new seafood shack and yeah, that was. I couldn't get anything from the seafood shack because you needed, like, you needed that's you needed a sign and sale card for it. But you saw the lobster rolls, you saw, you know, all the fresh seafood coming out. That's cool. I hadn't never, I hadn't previously seen a seafood shack on any carnival ship. Then I went upstairs, and that's deck nine. So I went upstairs to deck ten, and you're right over the Lido deck. I got a couple of, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, aft pool deck. And you got a couple of good pictures of the aft pool. I got from all angles because that's my favorite part of the ship. And, yes, you could see it, too. All the pockets and stuff like that started making their way out there. And, you know, the couples and sort of like the younger-ish but adult sector of the ship seems to sort of just know to end up back there and that's what happened this the, the crowd looked cool it wasn't a totally kid driven uh, crowd that was getting on this cruise ship and yes don't make mistake make no mistake by the end of the uh, visit the ship was getting pretty packed now I was uh, when I got off the ship I definitely saw some people you know believe it or not pier runners on embarkation day which I thought was great hysterically you see people running in high heels through the cruise port trying to catch the guy. I don't even know if they were late or not. I just thought maybe they thought they were late. It was around 3.30. So I guess, yeah, if you're getting on your cruise ship at around 3.30, you are on the later side. You're cutting it a little close and you're a little nervous. But the, uh, I guess the... The employees that were checking people in didn't seem like there was a rush, but yeah, the people did seem like they were kind of rushing. So I checked out, inspected the whole. I guess yeah, this uh, I am using the word inspected, so I guess that that applies a little bit. So I was checking out the whole thing, and I checked out the whole top deck, walked from front to the back of the ship, uh, got some really really good pictures, and then I made my way down to I guess deck five, and it was interesting because. 
I've been on the Carnival Sunshine and the outside decks or everything on the outside seem to mirror the Carnival Sunshine and that makes sense because that Carnival Sunshine is the artist formerly known as Destiny and Destiny was in the same class as the Conquest so that all checked out that made sense and uh, looking throughout all that stuff I, I, I just couldn't help but notice that except the one thing the Sunshine had the upgrade that they had they didn't have a lot of the um, they didn't have the 2.0 in the rear so they didn't have the seafood check but what the Destiny I'm sorry the Sunshine formerly Destiny did have was some real next level water slides at the aft portion of the ship so there was no pool deck on the Sunshine aft there was instead some high high level dueling like water slides and stuff like that which clearly if you listen to this podcast I prefer the Conquest setup way 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 more over the water slides at the back of the ship alright so moving down to deck 5 now what was interesting was that the inside of the ship was almost like a carbon copy of the Carnival Slender Slender Splendor which is you know one of if not my favorite ship on the Carnival fleet so I will say that it kind of like the deck 5 layout was the same you had all the way front all the way forward you had the uh, theater so it was the main show theater you walk through the theater and uh, you go by was that the uh I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the casino. So then after the after that, you hit the casino. And after the casino, you hit, uh, you know, what I call the pathway to fun. And then you have all, you have the kids club, you have a bunch of uh, other clubs, you have the, uh, the cafe, uh, I believe the coffee shop, then you have the taste bar, and then you're immediately hit with the nightclub. The nightclub layout was pretty much the same exact feel as the Carnival Splendor and then just past that it was just all completely and totally familiar Uh, coming up on that then you had the Alchemy Bar which on the Splendor was the Martini Bar Uh, I don't know if they switched that over on the Splendor yet or not but the Alchemy Bar was the same exact layout Martini, Alchemy was the same exact layout of the bar then you walk right past that it is the Piano Bar and then you walk right past that uh, on the right You'll have the jazz lounge, which is almost like the the, the live music venue, smoking permitted. Uh, one of the few places on the ship inside where smoking is permitted. That's not the casino. And then beyond that, it opens up into that multi-purpose venue, which is they'll call it something else for like the daytime or whatever they do. But ultimately, the main purpose of that room is the punchliner comedy club. Uh, so that's that. So below that, you go down to uh, deck that was deck five, right? Yeah. So deck four is a lot of the pixels and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember. Is the cafe... I guess the cafe... Maybe the coffee shop, the cafe is on deck four. And uh, so is the taste bar. Maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I misspoke when I said that. Because right under that is the Monet dining room. And... Uh, opposite the Monet dining room and you're still talking aft part of the ship so the Monet is aft and that gives you the beautiful and that's probably where I think the aft dining room was where they normally put all of the um, the uh, the I guess the reserved seating for dining. So you're going to sit back there if you've actually reserved a dining section and you're going to sit with the, mo- the same people each time. They have that other dining room which is more midship and that's reserved more for, uh, you know, 
your time dining people who want to eat whenever they want they don't want to they don't want to I guess adhere to a particular dining time so the Monet room opposite the Monet dining room is I guess also similar to on the Splendor they call it different things on different ships and I have it in the pictures too so I'll, I'll there'll be a YouTube video on this you guys for you guys to check it out but it's a similar venue I think it's a almost like the Rumbo or the Brazilian Room or something like that on the Splendor, which is where they have most of the karaoke. It's it's sort of a room that I don't really know what the purpose necessarily is for it, but there is a lot, a lot of live music in there. It is a non-smoking room. There seems to be a dance floor in the middle. It's pretty much a dance floor, but it's also where they hold the karaoke and everything else. So it's weird. Outside, it mirrored almost everything except the aft pool versus aft pool versus slides everything else it mirrored the carnival sunshine but inside it mirrored the carnival splendor and i don't know if it mirrors any other ship because the carnival splendor is a ship of its own class so i don't know and that's the thing too so it wasn't exactly the same because the or maybe it did so we're talking about the carnival sunshine the carnival sunshine maybe they gutted it and that's why it doesn't look exactly like the Splendor. Maybe the Destiny, which is what it originally was, did mirror the Splendor entirely. So I'm not really sure about that because I haven't been on any of the, of the other uh, ships in that class. But it was just interesting how outside it mirrored one ship and inside it mirrored the absolute you know, carbon copy of the Splendor. Uh, and I guess that's really... The, the ship tour what else oh the spa okay so yeah they hadn't really gone I think the Splendor was really the first ship in which they really started doing next level stuff with the spa this is prior to the Splendor so they didn't really go crazy with the spa there was a sauna there was you know the hair the, the uh, hair salon and there was the massage rooms and stuff like that but you didn't have the, the thermal package room you know like they have the thermal rooms where, where they have the beautiful thermal uh, spa and then they have the thermal room which is not quite a a, a, a um, you know not quite a steam room but still a beautiful room and very very comfortable room to relax in and they didn't have the philosophy pool either so they didn't get to that level and they didn't do spa cabins at that point yet so but the gym I'll say the gym whatever they did on the splendor they took from the gym a little bit because the gym on Conquest was beautiful. Much, much nicer gym on the Conquest and much more spacious gym on the Conquest than there was on the Splendor. And I'm trying to think what else there was. I look, I walked through the, you know, the, the Club 02, which is the teen club, you know, walked through the uh, arcade too as well. And those are kind of run of the mill. They, they also did have the, um, <clears throat> what is it, the uh, cherry on top? Which is almost like the confect, the uh, dessert, sugar, candy type store. That is a, I think that's a 2.0 upgrade. Maybe it's a 1.0 upgrade or whatever they called that first wave of improvements. But uh, it wasn't. It's not on the Splendor, and I think that was a definite uh, uh, addition. Uh, what else is there? What else can I tell you about on that ship that was uh, unique that you should know about? Um, that might be pretty much it. So moving on with the whole experience. At that point, it kind of worked out where I was doing the whole ship and I was taking pictures of everything. And it kind of simply worked out where I was done with that at about 1 o'clock. 
and uh, we sit down. And this was what blew me away the most. So we sit down, and they just seat us in the Monet dining room, and it was they closed it off to the public because it was a travel agents only event. And there was about 120 of us in there, and we're meeting people. So we're at the table with about 12 people, and everybody at our table is very, very nice. Actually, I met a woman who told me that she was with a particular travel agency that was nationwide, and they deal specifically with home travel, home-based travel agents. And she was, I guess it was some sort of a pyramid type thing where she was seemed to be uh, introducing me to it. And she seemed to have a, I got the vibe, which she didn't say this, but I, got, I just got the vibe where there may be some sort of an interest for me to join up with this travel agency. Under Nothing wrong with that. I didn't have any problem with that, but she was kind of selling it. She seemed like an otherwise very quiet person. But when she found that I was a travel agent, I was kind of like a freelance, she kind of went into sales mode where she was trying to, she gave me her card and it may still be something that doesn't matter just because something's a sales pitch doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile you know you just gotta don't always have your radar even because someone's i do the same thing someone's trying to sell you something or your radar's up and like oh what's in it for you well yeah maybe there's something in it for her but doesn't mean there's not also something in it for you and it's not mutually beneficial so we sit down and they give us a menu and the menu has like cool stuff on it. it has like appetizers you're getting the two appetizers no matter what and the appetizers were like this salmon tartare dish and uh, this kale salad with uh, parmesan cheese a good dressing and some grainy type stuff I'm not necessarily a kale expert so uh, whatever typically seems I, I've seen this maybe quinoa maybe quinoa however you say that stuff you guys are probably all laughing at me right now but some you know some vegan stuff whatever but uh, you know so they, they, they told you that you were getting that and then and they let you choose between seafood, uh, a filet mignon, and something else. I forgot what it was, but I uh, chose the filet mignon. So we're sitting there, and immediately they come to your table, and they start pouring, you know, water. And then they start pouring wine. And I'm like, they're giving us booze right now. This is great. So I skipped breakfast, and I didn't eat. So you guys know I'm on the health kick right now, and I just didn't want to order late. So I ate in the middle of the day yesterday, and I didn't eat breakfast. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm on a completely empty stomach and I uh, start having the wine and I'm like I'm on a cruise ship right now this I was like this cruise inspection turned into a cruise real fast now they're giving you booze they're giving you food so they were really really nice and I'm just like you know got a couple in me and I'm getting a little buzz so my <laughs> get a little personality coming out I'm cracking jokes at the table people are laughing we're having a good time and it's just an, an enjoyable experience the food comes out I mean the salmon tartare we're not talking about big portions here this is obviously clearly a sampling situation so they're not trying to feed you like it's a regular cruise ship uh, you know experience so the wine's definitely doing its job and uh, you know, people are sipping their wine I you know I'm sipping too for me. I'm sipping for me, but for everybody else, I'm kind of, I'm on my second or third glass here. And, you know, I was kind of bonding with the uh, the, wait- the waitress and uh, the server. And I was like, you know, this is fun. This is great. And I was like, uh, what? I-, I forgot some of the stupid jokes I said, but I was just making dumb jokes. And people were either laughing, maybe it was courtesy laughing, but they could tell I was kind of like, whatever. And food started coming out. And the food looked good. And it was good. It was very, very tasty food. And it was almost like felt like some chef's table shit. And it felt like they were just kind of like trying to impress, uh, you know, not necessarily overfeed you, but impress with the with the quality, not necessarily quantity, but quality was really, really good. And uh, by the time they got to the filet mignon, the filet mignon was I mean, and I'm not a filet guy. I'm a ribeye, a New York strip guy and a porterhouse guy. Filet is a little too, uh, I guess, 
<laughs> for lack of a better term, lean for me. But they had this delicious. It was it was cooked perfectly. The uh, I got medium rare, and the sauce was delectable. I mean, there was shallots on there too. There was mushroom on there too. I mean, this fillet was it couldn't have been more than like a six six or I don't know six or probably a six ounce of. I don't even think it was eight, but it was delicious. And uh, drinking wine, I'm like on my like three and a half glasses. I'm like. I'm feeling a little bit. The, the waitress comes. The waitress comes over. She's like, "Do you want a more wine, sir? Another another glass of white wine?" I'm like thinking. Everybody's like, "This guy gonna have another wine?" I'm like, "You know what? Let me. Uh, you know what? I better. Ins- I better inspect another glass here. Let me inspect one more glass of wine." And they all started cracking up. Some ship inspection. You gotta see what I was doing there. So I have uh, another glass of wine, and then we sit there, had some nice conversation. Definitely some good food. And then out of nowhere. Lady gets on the mic and she starts thanking us for coming on board, starts talking about the program that they have. And I forgot what it was called, but this is insane. She starts telling us about a program that Carnival's doing, and I don't get it. They're like, travel agents, push this program. And I'm like, okay, so what are we pushing here? It's this guarantee, guaranteed good time, or else, get ready for this. This is the program that they want you to get behind. You can be flown back if you don't like anything about the cruise ship or the cruise experience whatsoever you can get (laughs) who comes up with this they'll fly you back at the first port very important gotta bring your passport but they will fly you back who is taking advantage of that you're freaking sitting at dinner and you're waiting five minutes longer than you should and your steak's a little burnt and you say well you're crazy I'm not having this are you out of your mind Get the cruise director on the line right now. I want to get flown back. I want. Where are we going? First stop, San Juan. Yes, I'm on the first flight out in San Juan. Whoa, who is doing that? They don't like you. Don't like something between. I guess that's what it is. It's just like a, I don't know. Most of these initiatives are done through market research, and I don't know if they've had a lot of people asking to get the hell off this ship. The first the, at the first port, but I'm thinking that must be what happened. If they're like, they, it's usually they're listening to uh, feedback. Why? Who the hell is taking advantage of this deal? Where I'm on a cruise ship, I got my vacation all planned, I researched everything, and something happened on a sea day that I don't like, and I'm gonna take advantage of this thing. I want to get home, fly me home. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I would like to find out more of that. Maybe I'll ask around and see what is the uh, research that was done that made them think that this was uh, something. So she gets on the mic, explains that deal in detail. Otherwise, just thanks us for coming on board. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Thank you. And then she says the following. She goes, and, you know, you have an hour or so left. Make sure you explore the ship. Go where you want. Experience what you want. Guy's Burgers is delicious. Uh, if you have any room after dinner, check out Guy's Burger and have a bra- She's like, you know what? Actually, if even if you don't have room, check out Guy's Burger anyway. It's that good. And that gave me the green light. I'm like, holy crap. So apparently we can do whatever we want. We could eat. This is a freaking cruise. Um, this is a four-hour damn cruise. You know, now the, the wine kept it off. Now that I can have some booze while I'm on it, you know, I'm sounding like a real drunk again too. But again, you went in Rome. You're on a cruise ship. You're having fun. You're going to drink a little, whatever. And they're going to offer it. Keep them coming. So... Uh, I did exactly that. And you guys know I'm on the health kick. I posted the Instagram. I posted, uh, you know, my progress. I'm about three pounds behind because I blew off the first week. And that's what threw me off. I'm going to have to make it up a little bit at the stretch run of the cruises I have coming up. But I'm about three pounds behind every, you know, on my goal. So we'll get there. We'll make that up. Uh, but 
I just ate a four and then the dessert. The dessert was delicious too. So if you want to see pictures of those, they're already up on Instagram. You can check them out. But they say go go get some guys burger. And I'm like, alright, that's it. I'm not gonna not get guys burger rum on the ship. So if it wasn't a cheat day because of the fun and mind you, I don't even consider the four course meal a cheat day because I mean I consider with the volume, it was probably still about maybe a meal, a my a regular meal. I consumed maybe probably I don't know. Four courses, probably 11, 1200 calories on that whole thing. So then afterwards, I go back up. Now you remember, we're in freaking uh, slacks and, uh, you know, button down shirts. And that's the only thing. I took my freaking name badges off. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, don't think of me as a guy walking around inspecting or visiting. I'm cruising right now. So I go back up, and now it's much more crowded. Now the people are getting loose, and it looked like I said, it looked like a great crowd. The pockets are starting to develop, and I just get like this, oh my gosh, this is almost torture. You know what I mean? No offense. Sorry. You know, excuse my language. This is like uh, dry humping. Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, come on. This is, I tell you right now, if I do this again, I'm dressing, I'll comply. I'll dress how you want me to dress. But I am absolutely wearing shorts, and I'm not kidding, and a tank top underneath my business casual and the minute I get I'm taking all my shit off that's it I'm going into cruise mode I'm going to have flip flops I'm going to Lido I don't know if I'm going to go swimming but I'm going to stick my toes in the pool and I'm going to enjoy the cruise I'm going to lay out in the sun a little bit and I'm going to get that feel like I'm on a cruise ship right now because I don't know why why would they have you being cruise I don't know maybe it's to identify you too because I don't know it's just you you even look at a place you're walking around everybody's kind of you know just in their bathing wear and their swimwear and you're in a uh, you're walking around a cruise ship with a guy's burger in your hand and you got sunglasses on and you're dressed for uh, business casual Friday. So it's a little weird, but it was great, man. I went back up to the Lido deck, got a guy's burger, sat there and yeah, just had one guy's burger. So right now I'm driving home and it's what? 12:45. I was really, really tired after that. Had a little bit of wine. So I went to my friend Beatrix. Shout out to Beatrix. Beatrix, what's up? I haven't given her a shout-out in a while. One of my best friends. What a freaking awesome chick she is. I told her, you know, because I am uh, moving back to New York, and we'll, like I said, we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, so I don't know if I, how much how much more, more often I'm going to see her before I go, but I was cool. I was going to get on the, the turnpike. I was fine. I had a couple of glasses of wine. I was fine to drive, but I was just tired, so I didn't sleep that well, and rather than take on a three-and-a-half-hour drive, I just... Uh, she would show what she was doing and she was around she's like oh definitely come over and uh we hung out for an hour and then i kind of passed out for like an hour hour and a half and then we woke back up i woke back up talked to her for another hour we hung out for another hour or two and then i said i'm gonna get back on the road at about 10 she was awesome she made me some dunkin donuts iced coffee and i was on my way so uh why did i bring that up so oh so i'm heading back now so what what a what a great day what a, what a great day is something I would definitely do again and if I do it again like I said I am going to be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cruise ready and uh and that was it I'm trying to think what else do I need to tell you debarkation was very very easy as well like I said it was funny to see the peer runners um, it's funny to see all the people that you could tell no had a rough night the night before because I read the book or listened to the book cruise confidential uh, none of the f- shops were open I couldn't buy anything uh, what else 
Got some really, really good pictures. I am going to make a YouTube video. It's not going to be some crazy production like a, like I try to do with the regular cruise montages, but I'm just going to slap together a slideshow, put some music over it, maybe do a voiceover over it. And um, that's about it. Uh, the ship visit was really cool and I talked to a lot of travel agents and they were telling me about other cruise lines they do this too and you know you have to, I just have to find out how they said they get the information through their travel agency or when the ship visits are but uh, I don't know when I could find I don't know how I could find it because I didn't see anything on Norwegians or Royal Caribbeans or any of the other oh I didn't look at the other ones I looked those two but I didn't see any way that you can get uh, ship visits done through those cruise lines uh, on the regular travel agent website back end so I'll look a little bit more into that investigate that and um that's about it i guess that's it i appreciate you listening i'm sorry about the audio it's a little bit different i know it's a little bit different because i'm doing this on an iphone and i'm kind of killing this two birds one stone while i'm driving home and uh that's it so i appreciate you guys listening and let's get into uh the emails for this week All right, we are back. Hopefully that was bearable. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, as a result of that Carnival Quest uh, Conquest cruise visit that I did do, I was able to quickly put together a YouTube video that gave a whole ship tour and some commentary. I was able to narrate over it. So it's on YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel. I don't have a ton of content on there, but it's growing. It is the it is always be booked on YouTube. So you'll be able to see the entire tour that I gave myself of the Carnival Conquest and then I went home just put the bunch of slideshow pictures together and I narrated it too so hopefully if you are going on the Conquest or you want to learn more about the Conquest you will find that useful all right so getting into the emails let's go where are we at here all right so all right start out Tommy, I find it difficult to read by the pool with the sun shining and wanting to look around and people watch but I love books on tape do any of your listeners have any great ideas for books and tapes I could take on my next cruise? By the way, I like the music between your segments, Barbara. Barbara's referring to a couple of things here. She's probably talking about when we spoke about the uh, Cruise Confidential book, and I'm still working on getting uh, the author of that on the show. And she's also, uh, you know, so she's wanting some recommendations. If you guys have listened to, and I guess specifically listened to, not read, because like me, she doesn't want to spend a lot of time with her head buried in a book. She wants the people watch she wants to look around so if anybody has any ideas for audio books that uh, Barbara could listen to while on her while she's on her next cruise I think uh, that would be a phenomenal thing that you could do for her I'll tell you what I listened to crush it crushing it or cr- yeah crushing it by Gary Vaynerchuk and that was an audio book that I listened to on my first ever cruise and it kind of like in many ways is the inspiration for what I'm doing now with this show and everything like that so uh, it really really can uh, you know change your cruise you know during your downtime you put the headphones in you shut down you could still see everything you can still take in the rays you don't have to kind of totally immerse yourself to where your head's buried in the book you listen to an audio book and you know whether it's for entertainment, whether it's for inspiration. Let's help Barbara out. Anybody has any book recommendations, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's what we're here for. Thanks for the email, Barbara. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, moving on. Tommy, the PTZ TV cams are cool during the winter months. Lots of ships in Florida and in other ports, not many during the summer season as most ships are gone to Europe. And... The website has sound as well, so you can hear radio chatter between ships 
or just the water. The Port Cam in Port Canaveral is located at Fishlips Restaurant. You can hear the music in the background. All right, that's our buddy Carlos. And if I'm not mistaken, that's a response to someone who was asking last week about port cams and you know what you can view as far as if you want to get into your cruise and you know where your ship is going to be and just some quality options as far as being able to check out your ship in action before you actually board. So uh, just to go over that again, he said uh, the PTZ TV cams are cool during the winter months. I don't know if there's an address on that, uh, but just I guess do a search for that cruise ship webcams and then maybe just put in PTZ TV and you'll be able to get an option on that. And uh, Carlos mentions uh, the bar, the bar, the restaurant Fish Lips. It's an outdoor restaurant. What a great place that is. Great, delicious seafood, good live entertainment. And I guess that's where he's saying uh, they mount uh, at least some of the cameras or one of the cameras that are involved with Port Canaveral. You could hear the music in the background. You could see the, uh, you know, the, you can get some chatter from the radio between the ships or just you could hear the water and just whatever is naturally kind of picked up by the microphones on the cameras. And that's an opportunity right there. So this is what I'm talking about, guys. So we got one person asking for suggestions and then we got one person giving answers to somebody else's questions so they weren't the same thing obviously but they were on different planes but that's this this is exactly what i'm talking about for the emails and i want to thank barbara and carlos right then and there for uh you know giving uh contributing to the show for lack of better terms all right moving on tommy first off great shows all around this week both of you gentlemen put out quality shows week after week. I think he's talking about Doug Parker from Cruise Radio. After listening to the shows this week, I was like, they should do a once-a-month combo podcast. After Doug's show, I don't think Tommy is convinced about river cruising, and I learned that Doug can and I learned Doug can let a little loose when the fireball is a flowing. So what he's I guess I'm having to uh, kind of explain this stuff to you because people are just jumping right into it. I get it. You're not necessarily writing this to be read and professionally on the air, so I'm happy to help explain what. Uh, and the email the listener is speaking about here is uh, Doug. I did a uh, Doug has also a show, his cruise radio show, which is a can't miss. It's the industry standard for content about cruising. But Doug has a spinoff called uh, River Cruise Radio, and I appeared on that show and basically just spoke to Doug uh, in a frank, candid discussion about how I could probably pretty much care less about river cruising, and I don't think it's in my very near future. I came around eventually a little bit, and I might eventually want to try it when I'm, I guess, a little bit older, but at the time I wasn't into it. So he is right. The listener is right. I was not convinced about river cruising, and I like to go on with his email. I also learned that Doug can let a little loose when the fireball is flowing. That's a reference to the conversation that me and Doug had on on uh, the show with Doug Parker that you can check out in the back episodes. Thanks again for the great podcast, Tommy, and I'll send you some feedback on the excursion rankings. All right, so he's now talking about the last show that I put out about the excursions. Uh, moving on. Your rankings were solid, but I have some of it, somewhat of an exception. The ones you seemed the most excited about or had ranked better were the more adventurous ones versus the cultural ones. For example, the Mexican ruins seemed like somewhat of a standard quick overview but the Key West jet ski tour description sounded so much better. Granted, I would probably enjoy the jet skiing more. Well, you just said it right there, didn't you? 
But I know people who love to take time to see the history and enjoy things from ancient civilizations. I definitely enjoyed this week, as always, and keep up the good work. Uh, P.S. The music the music transitions are okay. I would say shorten and potentially make it more tropical, similar to the intro song. And the listener's name is Sydney. Sydney, thank you so much. Sydney's referring in that last part to uh, someone said that they didn't they weren't in love with the bumper music that I did between segments, and I put it out there. It's you guys to weigh in. So make makes sense. Now, uh, talking about your, uh, I guess that's what it is about the rankings or, or my kind of suggestions. Naturally, I'm going to do a show here and I'm going to be more enthusiastic about the things that I like much more. Granted, I haven't done uh, the, the Mayan ruins yet. Uh, and I will. I will maybe come back from the next cruise that I'm on and be kind of just, I mean, glowing, putting out a glowing review of them. But I just am, I'm just a general, call it basic, call it what you want. I always say, if you got something on your mind, if you got some weight on you, if something's kind of weighing you down, park your ass on a jet ski for 45 minutes and see if you don't forget your troubles, at least for a little while. Man, just, uh, just skimming across that water, jumping those waves, being in total control of that craft. Just, I mean, I just love a jet ski. And then you take that and you couple it with an actual sort of – and this was a little cultural too because you got a little education. It was a jet ski tour, like I said. You literally start on one side and you go all the way around the island of Key West and you're transitioning twice from the Pacific – I'm sorry, the Pacific – the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico and then back from the Gulf of Mexico back into the Atlantic Ocean. And it is a really cool experience. You get to see some sights. You uh, you know, you get a little bit of an education. I had forgot most about what I learned at that point. But, you know, you saw where they filmed Top, Top Gun. You go through the marshland and you go through like an area where that's like you're out in the ocean a little bit and it's almost like a little bit of a sandbar. And, you know, he, he talks to you along the way. So it's – but, again, it's not necessarily he talks along you on the way. You get to open it up and fly and then he has you stop and he gives you little kind of like tours and – um, I guess conversation about you know the environment and stuff like that, and then you're taken off again. So it's not necessarily where you have to go slow, and that's what I was concerned about. What's a jet ski tour like? Do you have like is like a you know is it like a Segway tour where you're kind of moving at five miles an hour? No, you're flying and then you stop and you get a little history, a little culture, a little kind of uh, I guess environmental lesson, and then you're flying again. And in this and that, so it's a you know that's why I loved the jet ski, and that's why maybe if I sounded like I was enthusiastic about it, that's pretty much where that came from. Uh, all right, so moving on again. Thank you, Sydney, for that email. I do see what you're saying, and I will report back on the Mayan ruins when I'm back in probably about five or six weeks from now. All right, moving on. I was driving from Asheville today to Orlando today. Yup, sucked, and was listening to the latest podcast. Thanks for the shout-out. There are four of the Bruns books, as you know, and he progresses from dining on Carnival to eventually what is now Park West on a smaller ship. The first book is the best, but the rest are worth reading at some point. The first book is the best one, although in my honest opinion, the others are entertaining, but not nearly as much as the first one. I think the Excursions episode was on point. I previously told you that some of your reviews about ports and ships were a little dry. This one was fun and easy to listen to. Well done. The bump music is good and needs to stay. So people are seem to seeming to like the bump music, the bumper music. Uh, she goes on. When are you 
going to tell us what you're doing commuting back and forth. You moving from Orlando? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Laters, uh, Andrea from Orlando. That's our buddy, Andrea. So a couple of things. Yes, yeah, she reviews the David Bruns books. Uh, so I told you about that. We're going to try to get him on. Uh, she gives a little bit of a heads up on what the other books entail, even though I've only listened to Cruise Confidential. She liked the excursion episode, and she references the fact that, yes, at one point she had told me that some of the port profiles and ship reviews are a little dry, and I 100% agree with her. It's just really, really hard to kind of take in information, learn the information, and regurgitate it back out in in that much of like a um, – I guess an entertainment format, it's a little bit harder because I'm really trying my hardest to be educational and informative about those particular things, the ship or the uh, port. Uh, this one, again, and I appreciate you say uh, it's a little bit better, but again, there's still that dilemma there because this is different. This is my favorite or 10 of the best, high, most highly regarded excursions out there. So naturally, I'm going to be able to pontificate a little bit more and kind of like, I guess, uh, riff a little bit more versus really just trying to deliver information. So still have that dilemma, Andrea, and that's why you haven't heard a port profile or a uh, ship review uh, as much lately because it is uh, again I I do see that dilemma if fi- I find myself when I'm doing them that I'm like kind of just really just giving you information and uh, I don't want to do that I want these podcasts and these episodes to have a little bit more of a bite to them and a little bit more fun to them and I again while I appreciate your opinion I think and I do think you're right I don't think it was as simple as just kind of making it easy, making it more entertaining on that regard because it wasn't quite the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And as far as uh, what am I going to tell you, hang in there. In about three to five minutes, you are going to hear the whole story. All right? Moving on. Hey, Tommy, I just went back and listened to Going Solo. How about you contact D and do an interview with her? Also, listeners, if you have Facebook, join the group. It is very active and the highlight of my Facebook news feed from Juan. Juan, that is really, really nice of you to say. I appreciate the feedback as far as in Juan is referring to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge Facebook group. And uh, Juan, I totally agree with you. Everybody should check out the group and en- and join. I will let you right in. Put Take those velvet ropes and pull them aside and you have full VIP entry to the Always Be Booked Cruiser's Lounge. Uh, and I just went back and listened to Going Solo. How about you? Yeah, contact D definitely. We could do an interview with her and talking about solo cruising. Solo cruising is uh, something I always think about doing. I haven't taken the plunge yet, again, because I am a uh, – most of the people I grew up with and I'm friends with, you know, married, settled down with kids and everything. And, you know, I – never met a cruise I didn't like and it's not always so easy just to find people to just who are willing to spend the money and just pop on a seven-day cruise and are able to get the same time off as me and this and that so far it's been working out pretty good but eventually you know I may have to find so you listen you even want to cruise you're gonna have to cruise solo and there's some communities online for that for people who do that I actually tried to start one uh, I'm trying to start one, but again, that's just kind of like tenth on the list of things that I'm trying to get done. So, I, it's kind of sitting there dormant in the internet world. That is a group, uh, but that's about it. And that's pretty much it for the emails this week. Again, guys, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We need the emails again. Instagram, uh, always be booked. Join the group on Facebook the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, and rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to play the outro music. 
you know, you're going to hear Zach Brown in a minute. And then if you hang in after that, you will listen and you will hear ideally as quick as possible but you know me i tend to ramble it's going to be a uh, story about kind of like how i ended up in orlando and where we are to date and i guess uh, a little bit of the crazy crazy wild uh, escapades that have kind of just been taking over and affecting my life over the course of the last year thank you guys for listening we will talk to you soon there's a place where the boat leaves from it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy. Still here? Okay, cool. All right, so let's get into this a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of a... I'll try to go fast with the with the history and the synopsis of this. Uh, I moved. I quit my job in New York City in about January of 2000 and... What would you say? 15, yeah. January 2015, I was like, you know what? Through the years, I, I just kind of... I wondered what else is out there. What else can I try? What else can I take on? And, uh, you know, this whole cruising thing and this whole everything like that, you know, trying to make another career of just kind of like a little bit of a, of a hustle was, was really attractive to me as, as was getting out of the job situation I was in at the particular location I was at and the day to day, the rat race in New York city, the, you know, the snow and the commute and the subway and the congestion and everything like that. So you hit a point where you're doing something for a very, very long time and you want to look for something else. And you know what? Maybe you end up going back, but you at least want to see what it is. So I put my notice in with my boss and, and I got to say how cool of an organization I worked for. He understood. I said, you know what? My dream was to kind of just, whether it was, I don't know, six months, a year, 10 years, whatever, just get out of the city for a while and get down to South Florida. I love with Fort Lauderdale, even if it was West Palm. West Palm, I used to live in was like a little bit of a second home, but I was always had like a thing for Fort Lauderdale. So I got an apartment down there, put in my notice. I was pumped. I didn't put a deposit in, but I went through the whole process of signing the application. I was approved. And just before I was actually going to give them money, I got a call from my boss. And he said, hey, Tommy, I know you want to move on and I know you want to go to Florida. And I'll just kind of be in that environment is kind of what's high priority on your list. I know you like, you want to go to Fort Lauderdale, but... If you'd settle for Orlando, we could just keep this whole thing going because I have a place called Cowgirls that's about to open in a you know pretty new, attractive complex down there, and you could jump on that and you know it can be kind of seamless. At first, I was like, nah, I, I was really kind of hell bent on kind of cutting ties and getting to Fort Lauderdale, doing some deliberation and thinking it over and whatnot. I was like, you know what, this could be a good thing. It could be a cool little project and it could be a good way to transition and maybe even if I just stick it out in Orlando six months a year, say whatever, I could end up being in, you know, Fort Lauderdale. Whatever. So 
the the project was explained to me like this. You know, we had two locations. One was doing very, very well. One was taking a back seat because the other place was doing so well. And they had to take all the good quality management or people because since they were operating it remotely and put it at the one location that was doing really well. And this location is on iDrive in Orlando right near the convention center underneath the Orlando Eye, if you're familiar with the location. So how it was explained to me was that this place is about to explode. It's this place that we just, the only thing that's holding us back is having the right management there and the right person to take it to another level. And it seemed to be like a little bit of a perfect marriage as far as for the success of the business. Well, I get there and I check it out. And you know what? The truth is it wasn't exactly how it was kind of laid out. Instead of being this caged beast waiting to explode, this country bar with a mechanical ball that everybody just couldn't wait to open up, what I found out is it already was open. It already was in place. It already had a staff. It already did a grand opening. And because of the pla- the fact that the place next door was also under our under our locate under our you know under under our company, it was just taking a backseat and not you know it, you would think that okay it makes sense bring everybody over and like you know kind of triage it give all hands on deck to the to the place that needs it and then you know we'll worry about this place when we can but little did we know the place opened in november i didn't get down there till february uh late february early march and i was planning on doing a relaunch april 1st i had no idea a couple of things first of all the place is located in on iDrive where it's hotel central chain restaurant central just every single I mean, like, it had every major brand name chain restaurant and its competition. Like, for every Outback Steakhouse, there was a Tony Roma's. For every Carrabba's, there was an Olive Garden. For every, um, you know, Twin Peaks, there was a Hooters. They had the Ale House versus the this. I mean, it was just, oh, it was, and then there was another complex that was right around the corner that had a bunch of kind of, I guess, an improv, a movie. So what I'm saying is you have to be on your game here with a tin roof right next to us. I don't know if you've heard of that. Also a yard house, which just is just a beast of an operation. Place called Tapatoro, Fagaro Chao versus Texas Brazil. Everything. Uh, Brick House Tavern. I mean, just damn. So we were in the mix of that. We had a already terrible uh, reputation before I even got there and get this we got no kitchen so also more places senior frogs uh, uh howl at the moon mangoes so all these entertainment complex all these entertainment venues and eateries bahama breeze everything i mean dozens and dozens of a right within all like literally less than a half a mile around around us so we just didn't really have the guns to to compete so i'm you know thinking i'm i think i'm the best at what i do so i'll be able to take on any challenge when i got there and we did our re-grand opening i wasn't prepared for the hostility a that these people had towards us already that had been built up over the past four months before i got there and b the fact that the fact that we had a no kitchen put us in an impossible situation. So the plan was, since we own the place next door, we cut out a window, and that kitchen would fuel and power our restaurant too. Now, again, like we said, that place was successful. It was a beast. It was over the top. So uh, they had enough of an issue getting the food out to their own guests, let alone 
servicing our customers. So we would open up and I would find out all sorts of stuff like the kitchen would all be on board. And when the boss would say, you know what, we got to step up and we got to make sure Cowgirls has their food too. They were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. We're all on board. We're all on board. Meanwhile, when they hit a certain level of business, they would turn off a freaking printer. So they wouldn't even take our orders, and we'd have like the 15, 20, 40, 50 guests that would sit down and dine with us that were against their better judgment, giving us a second chance. They would be sitting there left for dead for an hour and 15 minutes, and our servers were dying. Uh, And that's another thing, the staff. The staff had been sitting there in a situation where they had been making no money, having no management, no supervision. And just in a situation where there was it was it was a the perfect storm for a place to just die. And you know, place was doing X amount of dollars. I more than doubled it when I got there because I just tried to resell the dream. But the reality is the damage had been done. The staff, no matter how much I tried to win them back, they just dealing with four months of just I mean apathetic, going through the motion type stuff. Actually, people warned me. Actually, Doug, Doug Parker warned me about this because he had been in the area, he spent some time in Orlando, and he says, well, you're going to have your hands full with this place. And I was like, you know, eh, I respect your opinion, but you know what? I don't know. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to change the game. But so so when you have a, you had just a comedy of, of, of errors. So we had no sales, which means we had no budget, which means we had – no ability to kind of put the necessary, I guess, improvements into the place, make the place a little bit different. So we opened up as is. People came in. They sat down. Okay, you're going to do a re-grand opening. We'll give you a chance. They sit down. Sure enough, we don't get it. The staff, the staff that we had, you know, I only had three or four weeks to kind of really do a re-grand opening. So in my opinion, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to resell them the dream and sit them in a meeting and tell them, listen, you have leadership now. You have someone here you can rely on. You have the support that you need to be successful. So what I need from you in order to turn this place around and you want to make this place do numbers it's never done before, you have to be prepared to change your attitude at work and do things that you've never done before. So I got all the nods and the bright eyes and the yes and yes and yes, but the reality is these people were just torched. They were done. I was not going to be able to get them to enforce a body of rules. And about, So there you go. So you had no staff. You had a, So what I did was I didn't give up. I was like, you know what? We just have to kind of turn the staff over. You can make the argument that we should have done that in the first place, but there was a time issue. So I was like, if we can work with the staff that we have, and that would kind of help us out. So we got a new staff in, and there were five or six of them that stayed from the old staff, and the old staff that did stay, I made a mistake. I should have got rid of them too because all they did was bring down the new ones. So now we're about three months in. We're still getting kitchen ticket times. Whether there's two people in there or 20 people in there, it's still taking an hour to get a burger. It's still And our menu... By the way, we designed a menu that would make sense to be executed efficiently knowing that we didn't have a kitchen and knowing that they already had their hands full servicing their own restaurant. So we put together this very, very abbreviated menu that um, we thought – so then our other idea was to put a grill out front on the patio. You know, not ideal, but we still – we'll have a grill food out there. Maybe that can kind of take a little bit of the pressure off the kitchen. We did that for two weeks. We got a letter from the complex saying that needs to be a permit. You need a permit for that grill out there, and you got to pay $75 every time you bring the grill out there, and we need two weeks. So it wasn't ever going to be a thing where we were able to even pull that off and do like good, at least good burger, dogs, and chicken sandwiches and stuff like that, whatever. So 
uh, continue to try to push forward, push forward. We did some redecorating in the in the place. We did some reinitiating. It's a re rethinking our initiatives and stuff like that. We turned over the staff yet again, and now I really feel like I like the staff. But the problem is, is that we just it just wasn't going to get there. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cards. The food still to this day. Even when we don't have a lot of business going on there, we still will have, you know, it depends. If they, if that other restaurant that we're in partnership with is busy, it will still take. So, you know, the other the other thought process of it could have been, and it might be ready to do this now. And I, and I would, if they wanted me to take this on, I would, you know, make it just a complete nighttime night spot entertainment and maybe put a list of 10 fried food options that you can get. No service, no hostesses. If you're really hungry, we'll get you some food. Otherwise, what we're here to do is to throw you the party of a lifetime. Now, when I say all this stuff, we had our moments. We had some good times, and we continue to have some good times through just throwing a crazy party at night. And that's kind of like my thing. I can grab a microphone, and I can get in the DJ booth, and you give me uh, a little, you give me a little bit of crowd. I can whip them up into a frenzy, and I do that on occasion. And that's what kind of keeps everybody going. And that's why I said to you the other week, like when there's, you know, the. The bartenders know that if it's a difference of me kind of getting into it or if I'm getting after it that particular night, there's a good chance they're going to make some money and we're going to make some money. So we do okay. We do what we can now. But the clearly, it's clearly for that area and for that location, the damage had been done. So it had been, uh, I guess, made clear maybe about four months ago that we were going to make a decision to try to move on. And we did. And we had a potential buyer. And the buyer bailed out then we had another buyer they potentially bailed out so i mean the potential buyer and then they ended up bailing out so we were pretty much dead men walking as far as a, a business for four months so i had no idea what that meant for me you know what i'm saying i know it's not about being able to wave a magic wand and from my company to be able to move me around and put me wherever and yes the ultimate decision was to go to south florida and that was still in the cards for me so now we're in an uncertain situation. Oh, the other situation was one of the buyers came in who I had previously known from other projects, who I had a relationship with, and they were going to turn this place over into a barbecue joint and a party spot, a live music venue, build out a full kitchen, close for a month, and reopen as a franchise that many people have heard of before. And make and, and expand to other places and they were very very high on me being able to take on that project and kind of run the whole kind of company and operation for them as well from south florida you know being a partner be, being a, so that kind of excited me and i was kind of buying into that for a little while and i was pumped about that whatever happened happened they couldn't get the financing for that particular project they thought they were going to you know be able to get funding for it they weren't able to get it and this is all happening over the course of like i said 3 or 4 months so it's been kind of an up and down thing so as of a month ago pretty much around a month ago 6 weeks ago i found out pretty much that that was dead so i had to kind of make a freaking decision so what i did was i exercised some, I guess, contacts I had in South Florida and this country bar with a mechanical bowl but with a huge dance floor and, uh, you know, down in West Palm Beach, I had an opportunity to audition to DJ there. They brought me in. They had me do a night and they saw me on the mic and they saw me do my thing and they were like, in a heartbeat, 100%, yes. Uh, we'll do two nights off the bat 
and then we'll take it from there. Maybe management down the road, maybe more DJ nights, and you know, you have an opportunity here because they they realized they recognized immediately that I kind of knew my way around, you know, throwing a throwing a good party. And that's not even nothing to do with just country, just in general. I, I kind of you know, if I, I should, you know, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying if I've been doing it this long I, and I don't know what I'm doing, shame on me. So for a little while, and still currently, I was doing both. And I have no issues with that. I have no issues. I was commuting it so two shifts a week, one on Tuesday and one on Saturday. The purpose of that was not to make a ton of money because I am not really making a lot of money. If I, I'm barely breaking even just because I have to go down there. It's two hours, two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back. That's a full tank of gas in my truck. That's 75 bucks. That's $26, 13 and change each way in tolls. That's uh, a hotel. If I do a hotel, that's food on the way too. So, uh, you know, you're talking a good whatever it is. It's 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 one hundred and fifty dollars into cutting into a salary. A salary. We don't need to talk exactly what I make, but it's not much more than that. But I was doing it because I was keeping a relationship going. And if this whole thing was going to turn to crap, which it clearly is. I was going to be able to move down there. And yes, it would make sense for me to do that if I was local down there in West Palm Beach. Beach. So what I did was I figured, all right, I got to make a move here because there was still stuff that was up in the air. Maybe the place is going to, you know, continue with me. Maybe it's not, you know, as far as um, cowgirls up here in Orlando. Maybe I was going to be a part of the team going forward. Then I realized what their concept was, and I realized that wasn't necessarily appealing to me, some sort of a sushi type of concept that just didn't doesn't really speak to my skill set. So I reluctantly, after much deliberation, put in my notice with my boss with every intention of moving my talents down to South Florida. So uh, I did that, and then uh, he called me the next morning, and basically, again, as always, he's always so good, man. He always, I'm very, very treated very well, and he wished me luck. But he also said, if you want to keep the job, you can come back to New York City, and we have a couple of options for you there. You know? So now I got to think about a few things. Yes, I did want to be in South Florida. I did move to get out of New York City. I did want to just be where I was. So I have an opportunity. I have an in now. Plus, I have an opportunity to work on Always Be Booked pretty much full time because I could take whatever I wanted for DJ shifts down there. If I wanted to move up to four or five and do some marketing, I could have done that. If I wanted to try to make ends meet on just two or three shifts and be able to put more of my uh, emphasis on Always Be Booked, I could have done that. And that's where I was planning to go. But the other side of it, told me I can come back to New York City. And what does New York City have? Now, I told them when I left and when I wanted to leave that there was a chance that I just needed to get out of there for a little while. You know what I'm saying? If I, But I also know that that's not the case. You don't make a wave a magic wand and just automatically get to get out of the rat race, get out of the city. Because I'm telling you right now, the city rat race, the commute, if you don't have your act together, coming from Queens every day, late nights, getting home, getting on a subway when the sun's coming up, that stuff can wear at you. And I had been doing it for a good, you know, in New York City, it's been on and off because I do move around a little bit and that's an advantage to being single too. I do, I can take on other projects, but you know, at that particular location, I had been there for coming up on six years and then I did what was in Pittsburgh for a little while and I was back before that I was in. So I've been around, I've been, I've been, I've been up, down, back and forth, but 
for this particular time, I just kind of like, but now where I am, I'm at a different place, guys. I'm going to be honest with you and where my head is thinking. So I got to make a decision, go down there, hopefully get an apartment, you know, and start on the always be booked, which is the unknown. And then also have a couple of shifts at this other place, which all seem good to go. It all seems good to go, but you never know. It's always a little, you're always got a little cold feet when you're stepping away from something that you know for 15 years and you're going into something that is the unknown. And what else did change? I could tell you what did change. A year and a half away from my home, I can go back and one thing, it is true, I say this over and over again and I'll say this still to this day right now, I like Florida better. I would prefer to live here in Florida. I want to live here in Florida. But Frank Sinatra, somebody said a story, and I don't even remember who told this freaking story. You know what I'm saying? It was late in Frank Sinatra's life, and he was seemingly kind of on the way out. A little bit of the dementia was kicking in, and there was a bunch of the Rat Pack guys or some guys he was friends with around in the room, and they were just hanging out with Frank. And Frank wasn't always lucid. Frank was kind of come in and out. And at this particular time, Frank didn't look like he was all there taking in the conversation. So you got about four or five guys sitting around talking and almost forgetting Frank Sinatra's even in the room. And they're talking about these places. Oh, Aruba, Aruba, that's the spot. No, Greece, Greece, that's where you want to be. No, the south of France, the French Riviera, that's where you want to be. Hawaii, they're talking about these beautiful destinations, talking about ultimately the conversation is where's the best place in the world? Where where do you want to be? And they're just having this conversation among themselves. And then Frank out of nowhere, shocks them all and just looks at them and he goes, hey, where your friends are? They're like, why, Frank? You guys are talking about the best place in the world. Where do you want to be? Frank just says, best place you could possibly be? It's easy. Wherever your friends are. And it kind of stayed with me. You know, it's not an absolute thing. It's not always, you know what, no matter what, you just have to go wherever your friends are. You know, it's not it. But for this particular time and where I am in my life, the advantage I have in my life is that I can move around. And after a year and a half of being down here, and I could honestly, truly say to you guys, do I sometimes feel like I get lonely? Truthfully? Probably two, three times a month. Like, I'm good. I'm good with kind of like immersing myself in work, immersing myself in certain things, staying in touch with the people back home I want to stay at home. I am. Even when I go back home, I'm probably, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Now I'm going to be home. I'm going to be going out five nights a week. No, I'll probably be seeing people just as much. But friends, family, people I love, people I care about, you end up kind of wanting, you know, that year and a half break I got a few things accomplished this move was great it was the perfect thing I needed there were other things going on in my life too you know my grandma was the loss of my grandmother and she was kind of like the woman that 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 raised me and and my brother and my sister and we lost her and there was even some other things work-related just some burnout setting in and just overall just the elements of New York City I needed a break and it didn't end up going to South Florida I didn't end up quitting my job I didn't do all that stuff that maybe we said we were going to do but from all that stuff I got my break and now I talked to my boss he told me some opportunities any one of them are exciting to me at this point and at this point after a year and a half I am ready willing and perfectly fine with going home 
to New York City. And that's something I'm actually kind of excited about now. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm ready. I got this cruise that's going on in uh, four and a half weeks. And uh, I'll be away for a little while. And then when I'm done with that cruise, what's going to happen is I'm going to take my stuff and I'm going to move back to New York. I haven't decided what I'm going to do. Am I going to ditch the truck and do the city life thing and live in New York City? Or am I going to live somewhere in Queens where I can keep the truck? But you don't get a big break on uh, rentals there. So it's like so. there's a few things that are up in the air. I haven't figured that all out. And I have to figure that out over the course of the next three or four weeks. But... Man, it was a little rough. I, I felt like I owed you guys an explanation because the shows were getting inconsistent. I was literally, guys, I mean, a thousand miles a week on the turnpike, up, back, and forth. I started, you know, first I was staying in a friend's house sometimes, and I don't hate to bother people, so sometimes I would get a hotel. And I got myself into a rhythm where now I'm literally going there, driving there two and a half hours, and driving back. And it's not bad. It's not a bad. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like mentally used to it. But... It is like I'm almost thinking about the next trip I have to do. It's like almost like just being on the road all the time. You know what I'm saying? So that wasn't going to stay and that wasn't going to I wasn't going to be able to keep that up for, for very long. But for the transition, whether I figured out whether I was going to be in New York, stay in Orlando or end up in South Florida, I was able to kind of keep that up. But, you know, it's been a crazy ride over the last couple of months, tons of uncertainty, and it took a lot of I don't know, what do you want to call it? Emotional discipline for me to just, you know, people would say, how do you live like this? You don't know where, you could be done, you could be out of here in a week and a half and somewhere else because the place, you know, whether it shuts down or it gets sold, or you could be here for this long, you may end up back in New York, you may end up just moving to South Florida, or you know what, I like Orlando, and I like the apartment, so maybe you just stay in Orlando and figure something out from there, because I have perfectly, you know, what is it? it's a tourist town, plenty of restaurants, plenty of clubs, bars, and again, not being too, too uh, you know, I guess, uh, 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 I guess cocky about it. I feel like you, I'll put myself up against anyone in in the business being able to do do what I do. So, you know, again, you have to have that attitude. It's not an extra swag. It's just you being confident, and that's what I am. I am confident in my ability for that. So. That's where I was. It was a wacky, wacky emotional ride, but it all kind of seems like it's sitting in. Who knows? I may come back to you now. You know what? <laughs> the, the stuff in New York fell through. You know, I could that could happen. Who knows? You never know. But at this point right now, uh, you know, having my history with the company that I have, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen. And I'm pretty sure that a final decision is made in that tomorrow I am going into the rent leasing office and I am telling them that I'm giving them my month notice. And uh, I'll do some, I guess, prepping, packing. Well, am I going to bring all my stuff? Am I going to sell off all my stuff and start all over? Is my stuff worth moving? I don't know. All that stuff I have to decide over the next couple of weeks. But at least my mind is at a place where I know where I'm going to be six weeks from now. And where am I going to be? I am going to be home, family, friends, the greatest city in the world. And yes, I have a new perspective. I have a new excitement. And yes, I'm going back straight for the winter. You know, don't don't get uh, it's deceptive. It doesn't it doesn't suck in the beginning of the winter, you know. From now when it starts to get cold, you have football season, then you have Thanksgiving, then you have Christmas and New Year's, then you have Super Bowl. My birthday is actually right around the Super Bowl. Right from Fe- The only real part that really sucks is February to the beginning of April because I can tell you Christmas in New York City is a is a really really nice thing there's a there's a vibe around there and there's a it's, Christmas in the city is awesome I I 
you know, this is a travel to cruising show. It's a travel show, I guess. But do New York City Christmas if you have never done it. It's it is really really cool. It's just a I, I, that's all I've said enough about that. But it's a great great experience. So uh, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to go back home. I'm excited to be around people that I care about and love. And you know, the this was a great experience. I love my staff, and I love, that's the thing too. You know, ten years ago when I would do this stuff, it would be that I would still be running the place, but I'm. You know, 31 years old, so it would be nothing for me to just latch on. Where are you guys going tonight? Let's do it. Let's get after it. I'm 42 years old now. My average age of employees is 23, 24. They invite They're cool. They, they invite me, you know. They're like, oh, you know, Tommy, come out and do it. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just not going to be the 42-year-old guy that's, you know, running around with us. So it's different. You know, you're going to a different town. It's like it, you, whatever you want to call it. Loneliness is a, I really don't feel that I have that. I feel good about where I am because I'm perfectly, perfectly, like I said before, content with, with doing what I do. But yes, it builds and builds and builds a little bit. It's just literally the people that you care about the most and you have to make an evaluation. Where do you want to be? Where's the best place in the world? And right now, for this place, in my in my life right now, it's where my friends and family are and it's where my opportunity is. And then what does that mean for always be booked? I'm still coming strong with it. I'm going to be motivated to bring you guys a show each and every week. And I'm going to be motivated to make sure that I am able to work time in for this particular venture that I'm trying to take seriously. And truth is, guys, man, I'm telling you right now, think I'm crazy. Think I'm all over the place. All who wander are not always lost. Another, you know, I guess pontificating on some philosophical stuff. Uh, I always knew that I was kind of like the guy who likes to kind of roll around. And and it's weird because one of my coaches, my football coach, you know, they sign your yearbook when you're a senior in high school. He signed my yearbook and he wrote, Tommy, great having you as a player, great having you as a student. And uh, just keep in mind, the rolling stone gathers no moss. And I didn't think anything of it then. And I don't really put two and two together. And it's probably really just nothing more than a co- coincidence. But I've kind of been that route. I've been, I've done Pittsburgh. I've lived in Philly. I've lived in Phoenix, Arizona. I've lived in Detroit, Michigan. I've lived in West Palm Beach. I've lived in New Jersey. I lived in New York. Uh, and and uh, you know what? There's not one of those experiences that I would trade for any, the world, and there's not a thing I would have done differently. Well, maybe a couple of things, but for the most part, no. But that's the announcement. I'm I'm going to New York, and that's where I'm going to be, and I'm going to be still broadcasting from it. It'll, it'll probably be a lot more angles to the show because, you know, New York's fun, and I'll have some pretty good stories to continue on in New York, and I'm not going to stop cruising. Like I said, we got the uh, cruises, the two cruises booked at the end of uh, end of September, going into October, and that'll take me right into the move to New York, and I also signed up for a ship visit on the Carnival Sunshine, and I think it's November. So we're still going strong with the Always Be Booked. We're not stopping. Uh, we are just getting started, guys, and I'm really, really pumped about all this stuff. It's going to be invigorating, energizing, and hopefully uh, cheers to good things in the future for uh, whatever I got going on as well as all of you. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, hopefully I was as concise as possible with that. Probably wasn't. But uh, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will talk to you soon.